go. A little thrown off there by by uh, the reaction to my sitcom suggestion in the Ailish Hour in our drive show. They were talking about sitcoms because it's sitcom night at the ball car- ballpark tonight. Sometimes it's just better not to speak. Wow, that's that. It is really. I wonder what what sitcom will tonight will be presented tonight. My horse bleep bullpen. No. Will that be the? Uh, They'll sitcom? be fine. They'll be fine. No, I, but I said I used Sanford and Son as a, as a sitcom, and and forgetting, of course, that Ailish is like 16 years old, and he got this stare. And then I realized she got no clue. She got no clue. Well, not too many people. And then, and then when that show was going, we're in their 30s. Well, and then because she's listening to you, I come in and she says, "Is that in black and white? And is it streaming?" That's a great question. So then she said, you know, oh, it's sticking, my fault. No, then, then it's she said, my fault. sticking the knife in more, she said, quote, I'm going to go home and ask my parents about it and see if they remember Sanford and Son. Anyhow, yeah. the Ale Shower is a lot of fun. It uh, precedes us on Sportsnet 590, the fan, uh, which means it's on from 9 to 10. So welcome to Blair and Barker for Friday. Thank God it's Friday. The Cleveland Guardians are in town. They'll play a three-game series against the Blue Jays starting tonight. Uh, Cal Quantrill making the start for the Guardians. Of course, the Guardians also have Josh Naylor, so there'll be a pair of local boys playing in this game. Uh, Jose Barrios getting the start for the Blue Jays at home tonight. So that means we get home Jose Barrios instead of road Jose Barrios, which, mm-hmm. is, which is good. This is a little interesting item here. Uh, James Karinchuk, who's the, the, uh, one of the Guardians relievers, he will not be making the trip. He is the only member of the roster not vaxxed. So Peyton Battenfield will replace him. James Karinchuk is filthy. So He's good. That's a uh, you know, point to the good if you are the Blue Jays. We're going to be joined by Sean Casey. And Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Guardians, later on. Sean Casey yes. will join us from Iowa. He's driving back from Iowa, so God knows where he is. Uh, he's driving back from Iowa after the Field of Dreams game last night. Which, you know, Kevin was look, it's a made-for-TV event, and my default position is generally that those things are stupid. And it is kind of schmaltzy. You know, the whole corn thing is... Yeah, it's just schmaltzy. But it, and I'll be interested to see what the ratings are. The game itself, I mean, nobody really gives a rat's ass about the Reds and the Cubs. I shouldn't say that. They're, they're both, they have both strong regional followings. So they just happened to stink this year. But the whole presentation was tremendous. Other than, I got to say, the hologram of Harry Carey singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Our producer, um, Mark Boffo made an interesting point today. And, and it was the same at the time I had the same thought. I'm, I've got the game on and I'm kind of half paying attention to it. I've got the game on and, and I thought, oh, this is neat. The same thing as Boffo. They've got a Harry Carey impersonator doing take me out to the ball game. I'm looking at it and going, that's one of the best impersonators I've ever seen. And then I go, oh my God, it's a hologram. I'm not a big fan of the hologram thing. Like showing dead people as if they're alive. How do you feel? I mean, it, 
it was kind of well, off. You, you was kind of off in, the, in the seventh inning of, of a Reds Cubs game. I guess I should be just you thankful. Were, you were way, you were way overthinking that. That's the first thing you thought of when you saw Harry Carey singing that. And you're like, well, what are they doing? It kind of, yeah. Yeah, not me. Like I, it's that's. Would you want to see a hologram of me after I'm dead? <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> I, I did think, you know, the Jesse James Decker sang the, sang the national anthem. You know, you, did you know that I didn't know that I was told? Yeah. That Anthony, that's Anthony Bass's sister-in-law. Is it? I didn't know that. Well, then I'm not going to say what I thought so about that, her performance of the national anthem because I thought it reeked. I, just, I, so I, I thought it was good. No, the thing is, it's too long. I, I don't understand it. It's a thing about the Star Spangled. Why does everybody have to try to sing it differently? Like, just sing the damn song. S- sing the song. You don't need to stretch this part out or stretch that part out or go this high in this I part and this low in this part. I don't, I don't I think don't, you're ever going to satisfy everybody. I, don't, I just don't get it. it. That's another reason that I just despise national anthems, and they should never be played at a sports event. Never, ever, ever play a national anthem at a sports event. It's dumb. You know, if you're going to play it when you're – president or the prime minister or you're at war or whatever that that's fine but it's just dumb playing it before a sports event there's a reason you know europe where they've had battles for 300 years there's a reason they don't play the anthems before most of their events they'll play it before the european cup championships and that, but they don't play they don't play god save the queen before every premier league game and they don't play deutschland uber Allisch or whatever the hell the song is before every um before every every uh, bundesliga game because they understand they understand that there's a time and place for nationalism anyhow i'm just saying that i just and, and did you like did you like anything that happened last night. I love anything. Oh, I loved seeing John. I loved the interview with Johnny Bench during the game. Thought it was great. Thought Joey Votto tries too hard when he's mic'd up. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I like. I mean, a lot. I love the presentation. I like. I like the park itself. It just looks cool because it's different. You know, it's what it's. It was August eleventh. It's a baseball game between two horrible teams. Give me something different. It's the only way I would watch the Reds and Cubs ever is in a setting like that. I, I mean, I thought it was really cool. And I like, I know it's schmaltzy, but I like all the dudes getting, like the dudes getting dressed up differently. You know, Frank Thomas wearing a I suit. Like, I like Griffey Jr. and his dad playing catch. I thought that was pretty cool. Would it be cool? nice? Would it have been a nice touch if Griffey Jr. hadn't worn a corporate logo out on the field? That would have been nice. Well, you just so oh, basically, just basically things. every time you tune into one of these events, it's like you going to a movie. You take <laughs> your pen and piece of paper and you sit down. And you go, what do I not like about that? What do you put your headphones on and read about? It. Yeah, is that so? You just way overthink these things. Like no, it's, it's, it's just every, you're it's the every, one that brought up the, the anthem. The anthem stinks. The the you know the well, play the play and catch stinks. Well, the two teams are terrible. Well, I didn't say like, it stunk. Like, it was uh, it was no on on balance. It was a great presentation. It's just the that, seventh inning stretch. What are you doing? How dare you? Yeah, let's roll a dead I mean, guy out. Let's roll a dead guy out. So what is it? Like, weekend at Bernie's or it's what? The Cubs. It's the it's the theme of the whole day. Is 
Look what the two organizations bring to the table. Look, and now cool. you're doing it. It was cool in a in a, in a cornfield. Like that's man. Just remind me never to watch an event with you ever. Ever. See, the people, Ever. Are gonna get, people are going to get the wrong impression. I How would they not? If you do something, if, if you do something like that, you open yourself to criticism. And as I said, on balance, it was a it was a terrific, a it really? was a great presentation. Well, you can't say what you've said and then go. Oh, well, well, by the way, it was terrific. Can't wait till two years from now. Because no, it's not happening next year. I I absolutely think it was a wonderful event. It just there were parts of it that were kind of all of it. <laughs> no, except like. Look, everybody, you know, anybody who listens has ever listened to me knows that I think the whole playing of anthems is just stupid, and it's dumb, and it appeals to the lowest common denominator. It just does. There's no need for it. It's a waste of time. If you need the national anthem to quote unquote get you fired up, I mean, you really need to, you really need to do a, a deep dive into what these in, into the meaning behind the lyrics of your national anthem. You really do. It's not to get you fired up to play a freaking sports event. That's why God invented ACDC. To get you fired up to play a sports event. Anyhow. It was fun. There was a... Uh, you can't say it was fun. I was. Well, no, come Dude, on. No, again, Johnny Bench. Love me some Johnny Bench. It was cool seeing Lee Smith, who I got to cover a little bit when he was with the Montreal Expos. It was tremendous. Like all these, when you see these guys come out, it's nice because as someone who's covered the game, I got certain memories of all of these guys because I've spoken to them at one point or covered them at one point. Yeah, I'm old, but I've spoken to them at one point or I've covered them at one point. Barry Larkin, it was cool to see Barry Larkin. Brian McCray, it was cool. To, I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, of, of really, it's just nice seeing how, it's just nice seeing a guy, right? It's like Andre Dawson, just seeing him in, in, in seeing him in the present. Um, I just, but yeah, the rest of it, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, I understand it's a corporate world and everything like that, but I just thought it would have been great if Senior caught the first pitch to, if Ken Griffey Senior, the first ball Junior threw to him, he dropped. Like, come on. It's getting older. I don't even know what to say to you. Well, what did you like about it? Not, other than, I, I, other I than the six-and-a-half-minute national anthem, I, the I overwrought, like, over-emotional national anthem. I liked most of it. And, again, I'm, I'm the guy that likes to think about me standing on the on-deck circle and what the atmosphere would bring and what I, how I would try and have an at-bat. And, you know, would I be trying to swing for You'd the corn? You'd go for the corn. And, You'd absolutely. go for the corn, So you? how would I go? Absolutely you, you would. would. I want to talk about uh, talk to Casey and ask him about that. He's You'd a, go to the corn. Because Casey is more of a punch-and-judy guy. Think middle the other way. Would he be trying to go back Lake City in a game like that? It's... I didn't even know what the dimensions little, of the place are. Was it? I mean, I don't. I don't think it's a. a I don't know. I didn't pay much attention to that. <laughs> again, you're you you again. You have ruined my start to my Friday for this show. No, I have. Yes, you are just your your whole aura right now. I don't screams, have an aura. Well, I never have exactly an aura. Right. Well, I don't have an aura. I, I don't. It's, nobody nobody over the age of of thirty five has an aura. They don't. Well, I'm over that, and well, I have, you don't I'm, have an aura. I do too. You do not. I do. No, you don't. Anyhow, uh, what else should we talk about? Ross Stripling makes a rehab start in Buffalo tonight. Ross, get through it. Get healthy, please. Baseball gods, get his ass back here. 
But if, if I would ask you at the beginning of the season, you'd be praying for a raw stripling start. What would you say to me? I would have said you say Kikuchi would have turned out exactly the way you kept telling me at the start he was going to turn out because you are the you are one guy. You I mean the first time we talked about this. Remember we did that emergency pod the day the day he signed. Your first comment to me when we were talking is I wonder how many other teams gave him three and thirty six. And I laughed and I thought there's Barker. You're right. How many other teams made that offer? So, yeah, whoever keeps Yusei Kikuchi away from the sharp objects is good. Whoever it is, Ross Stripling, Mitch White, Ross White, Russ White, Mitch Stripling, I don't care who it is. I, I really don't. I mean, but Blue Jays, you forget, forget about who, who, is, who you don't want to start. What, what they do have starting tonight. I'm good with that. Jose Barrios, they, they need to play... Yeah, good baseball, is, especially at home. They got twenty six more home games. Well, and, and I don't, I don't care who those twenty six games are against. They have to be really good in those twenty six games. They're not great on the road, and they're not real good against teams that are five hundred or better. Yeah. So you got to play, if not great, at home. So they got to do a lot of things. They got to run the bases. They got to, they got to make the other team earn the outs that they get against the Blue Jays at home. And if they do that. They'll have a good chance of winning the games that they're supposed to be winning. Yeah. And uh, my guardians are coming into this uh, this game on a five, what? They're coming in on a five game. They're my guardians now. Five game winning streak, 7-3 in their last 10. They beat the uh, Detroit Tigers 4-3 yesterday. The Orioles lost to the Red Sox 4-3. Uh, which, of course, given where the Orioles are in the standings is a game of some significance for the Blue Jays. And today, or should say tonight, the Yankees and Red Sox start a series at Fenway Park. The Orioles are playing the Rays. The Jays are playing you, the Guardians. So what do you... You asked me, hold on. I'm going to ask yeah. you, you. You've been talking a lot and bringing me down on Friday. So I'm going to... I know we had a conversation for quite some time yesterday about one through 10. How do you feel about the Blue Jays? Does, does this change your one mind? One, what did I say? One through ten. Okay. One to ten. They have 52 games left. Yes. They have 26 home games out of those 52 games. Yeah. They have 34 games against teams that are 500 or better. Ooh. This season, against teams that are 500 or better, they're nine games under 500. Right. Does that 34 games against those teams scare you or change your mind one way or the other? See, I factored that in yesterday. You did not. I did so. The only reason when I, I said six the, or the, six the, and a half. The only reason uh, I, I say that, that is because the Jays have played 110 games. Seattle is the one little team that stands out that could take over that number one spot. They played 113 games this year. They got 49 games left. They have 15 games against teams that are 500 or better. They are one game Sorry, under 500. The Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners. 15 out of... 15. Yeah. Now, so again, half, now, the num- now, half the number... Half now, the number again, the, we get back to the, the division they play in. Yeah, yeah, but that's... They, they don't play in the American League East. But that's the difference. Your point is... Your point is they got a way easier schedule than the Blue Jays. That's like, your point. Like, like the Rays have 30 games against teams that are 500 or better. The Orioles have 32 games against teams that are 500 or better. The Twins have 24 games. Now, those out of those 24, nine are against the White Sox. Yeah. Now, I have factored in the White Sox of those teams that are 500 or better. You did I did a lot of work I on this, think, man. Well, I was, I, I while I was busy crapping. Yeah, that's true, you did. 
Well, I was busy crapping on the Field of Dreams game. You were sitting there doing math. Well, I'm impressed. You try, you try and figure out because I did say they were a slam dunk to make the playoffs. No, <clears throat> I don't. I'm not changing that. I you did you didn't tell me where they're going to be the first wild card team. I didn't. No, didn't I just said make the playoffs. Make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm still in the camp that the two guys they got at the top of the rotation, the closer that they have, I know is up and down, but I think they'll put him in positions because of who they've added that will give him a better chance to be Jordan Romano because of the infield defense that they play and because I'm 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 banking on Bo Bichette to turn the corner and say hey I'm I'm here for 2022 I'm going to help out a little so basically everything that has to go right for the Blue Jays is going to go right for the Blue Jays in this next I think so. 6 weeks even I, though I think ha- they're going to really, even though that hasn't happened at any I, point in the season well what have you done for me lately don't don't be don't be Debbie Downer here. And the twenty six home games, I think they're going to be really good. I don't care who those games are against. I just know they play a lot better at home than they do on the road. So I'm banking on those twenty six home games are going to be really good. And I'm not going to put a number on that because I've already done enough of that. <laughs> okay, but I have faith in the Blue Jays. I think they found their right their manager, which seems to matter with this team. I'm not sure it matters with all teams that are contending, uh, that are supposed to be really good. But with this team, I think they need a grown-up in the room. And I think they found that with John. So you're so, saying so Charlie Montoya wasn't a grown-up? I, well, I mean, doesn't sound like it. I can't answer to that. But what the rumblings around the room will tell you enough that there's not enough guys raising their hand going, well, why did you get rid of Charlie? Huh? So, I'm yeah, I, I'm not, I've not <laughs> been in the room, but I'm just listening with yep. both ears. Two plus two is what? I don't know if it's. I don't know if I would say they necessarily need a grown up. I think they just need somebody with some presence. What's the difference? Well, I you know you're you're dealing with grown men. Grown yeah. sometimes grown men need a a guy to stand up to everybody and go. This is not the way we're going to do it. Yeah, and but do that it in a hurry. But that doesn't have to be. You can be. Look. You can be a young Gabe Kapler, young guy. Well, Johnson, let me finish. Snyder's young. Let me finish. Gabe Kapler was a young guy, lots of presence, disaster in Philadelphia. Philly's a different animal. You you know it better than anybody. You you know you got to take a special human to handle Philadelphia. Don't roll your eyes. Uh, Throw your hands in the air. It's true. It doesn't. No, not. It is. To deal with the Philly media, yes. But to be the quote unquote grown up in the room, as you call it, no. Gabe Kapler's got a huge, huge personality. It didn't work. I just think the thing yeah, with that, John, I think the thing with John Schneider, first of all, I think there's more trust in him on the part of the players to get stuff right. And I think we're seeing that by the fact that he has been able to come in and do things. It took him three days to do stuff we'd been talking about, other people have been talking about for three months as being an obvious thing. And for some reason, it didn't get done. John Schneider comes in and gets done. Like that. That would indicate... I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm with you. This is the right guy to manage the team. But I think to say that growing up in the room, uh, to me, Marcus Simeon would be a growing up in the room. To me, bringing in Jackie Bradley Jr., that's the growing up in the room. Because I hope the manager isn't spending a whole lot of time in the, in, the, in the clubhouse. That's not a good thing. You want your manager walking in and out, going through the club. You don't want your manager sitting in the clubhouse chatting with guys all the time. 
You'd be the your first. De- your definition is a little different. You than would mine. be the first. I don't need an. I don't you need. A, I don't need another te- player. I don't care how long they've been around to tell me how to play baseball. So what would you thought? What would you have Sorry, thought? That's me. What would you have thought if your manager came in and said and just spent every day sitting in the middle of the clubhouse in the coach? That never happens, and you know better. So why so, even ask the question? That, okay. That, that, that's not. Well, what's the grown not, up in the room? That it, when it needs to be handled, it's handled right now. No matter what. You're getting violent no, there. No, you asked me the question. No, no manager ever in the history of baseball comes and sits in the middle of the clubhouse and says, hey, I'm the manager of the Blue Jays or the wow. Astros so or what's, the Yankees or the Red Sox. You're, or, saying, you're saying the grown-up in the room. I think it's – we both agree that the communication is a huge aspect with John Schneider. And he does – I will – look, he's a I, – I told you, he's a big man. He's He's – He's a commanding presence. He is a big man. Like, if John Schneider tells you to do something, your first reaction isn't going to be... Your first reaction is going to be... I, I don't know. The size I, of the man I think, it, I think it does. All, all, of, all of those players that matter for the Blue Jays are alpha males. They're, they, they think they're the best player on the team, whether they are or not. You have to think it. Anyway, I don't think the size of the manager matters. Just, but it's working. Yeah, uh, that's the, that's sort of sort of if you if you see your manager do it to the best hitter on the team, I mean that sort of sends the message that he'll do it to anybody. Meaning move around because Vladdy said out loud that the routine and the hurriedness of where he's hitting in the lineup matters to him. Well, you know the team matters a little bit more, which is. Do we know for certain, by the way, who is starting on Saturday and Sunday for I the know. Blue Jays? Saturday it sounds like Gosman, but the, I don't think we right really know who's thrown on Sunday. Yeah, because I just seen. I mean, I've seen in the game notes from a couple of days ago it was TBD, and then I've seen in some websites where it's it's Gossman and Kikuchi. I just wonder if that's just we got to put a name in. Let's put Kikuchi's name. Maybe, in maybe that's if they win the first two games. You say go get. Them. Do you think that's? Uh, I mean, I, I threw that out when when we were chatting. Do you like? Uh, I'm gonna say, do you like? Does it say something about the state of the starting pitching that on August 12th you're sitting there saying we'll start this guy on this day if depending on what happens in these other two games? I would think if they had better options, they would go with better options because it, they're in win mode. Now. Like if they win the first, right now, if they win, win the first two games against against Cleveland, it would be easier to to say to everybody, "This is why we're throwing." Well, you're not going to say that, but they, you know, you could but wouldn't you could put two and two together. Okay, let me flip it on its head though. If I got a chance to sweep a team that might be in the postseason picture with me. And I don't know the season series, what uh, where the season series stands, but that counts if you end up getting in a tie. The season series counts. If you got a chance to sweep the the Guardians, do you run out, uh, do you maybe maybe look at it differently? And say, no, do I, I risk, I, do I risk I think, starting you? I think Kikuchi it's very hard. I, I would rather start him a third game of a series okay. than I would the first game of That's a series. Fair. You I, know what the first game does if he's bad? It sucks screws, your bullpen. Oh, for, it destroys it. That's fair. Absolutely, it does. Okay. Now, I, I, there. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I, I, I could go either now, way. No, I'm not saying they're starting him because no. I'm, I'm not sure I know, and I'm not sure anybody else knows. I mean, it would make sense because of the way it's lined up, and the, and what they, who they don't have, and who you would want to start leading off a series, you know, against a team in your division, who all of a sudden is not easy to beat. And you're going to need some guys who can add and subtract and, and get some lefties out because you know what's going to happen against the the Orioles have all of a sudden balance 
throughout their lineup and make it tougher for a right-handed pitcher to do some things. So I'll ask you, Jeff, if you're managing this team, who would you rather have pitching game one of a, of a home series against the Orioles? The 2022 Orioles. ABK. Anybody but Kikuchi. <laughs> you were, hello, did you write that down? I did. <laughs> Just because I was going to go ABC, I thought that would be. That's what I would do. If, if, if I had, if I was doing the Jays game notes tonight where it says Sunday probable, I, instead of going TBD, I'd go ABK. Anybody but Kikuchi. Uh, there it is. Well, it's, it can't yeah, be right. Me, I'm just if being Ross, honest. If Ross is, if Ross, if Ross. Atkins. No. Stripling. Oh, stripling. I thought you. I don't know. If, stri- if Stripling is pitching, is pitching tonight, he can't pitch Sunday or Monday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It would be Wednesday. That's why God invented Mitch White. Perfect. But again, he gets back to what, where would you rather him be throwing? Because it, because you know if Kikuchi, you're if you're Syracuse, skip, if you're skipping it that that would mean Buffalo. that Alec Manoa Alec Manoa now can pitch Monday. Yeah. I believe. I think he threw the ninth. What is the Monday? Tenth. That'd be that would be the ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. He's skipping a day. The fourteenth was is Sunday. Boy, that's a lot of math. And you know this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to to work it out to where. They get the best guys lined up against the the best teams. But we also don't know, and we're up against the clock here. We're going to break in a few minutes because the mayor is going to join us. Uh, we also know, or I should say, we don't know what the Jays' plans are, indeed, whether or not they have any plans for, for Alec Manoa. This, this, is, this is now, we're in August, we know about the innings and the, the, the pitches, et cetera, et cetera. And I understand that, the Jays monitor everything these guys do. When they eat, when they poop, they monitor everything. They've got little yeah, I mean they do. They what do everything, everything during every everything <laughs> between starts. It's all monitored. So yes, I understand. It's not just innings pitched or number of pitches that determines whether or not a guy is where a guy is in his his recovery. But I think it has to at least be in the back of their mind someplace. And we just nor should we. We just don't know what the Jays' thought process is, what their real thought process is with Alec Manoa. And, 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 and that has to have a role. Right now, that has to have a role on what you do with your starting pitching because sure. he and Kevin Gossman are your two best starters. So we're almost at the point now, mm-hmm. I think, if you're the Blue Jays, where you're, thinking, where you're looking ahead to what do we do to ensure Alec Manoa's ready fresh, as ready as possible yeah. for the first and game of the care, playoffs. And do you care if back-to-back starts are against the same team or not? And that's another that's thing. A really, that's, that's another that's thing. That's a very good That is another thing. You know, beginning, beginning of the point. season, it doesn't really matter, right? Because you're, you're, the mental really part, point. you're all in mentally. Now, when you don't have the slider, you know, you don't have that one that you like, that you can do things with your thumb and make it go where you want it to go, 12-6 and side-to-side and back-foot it to a lefty. Like, he can't. Can't strong. He's having some challenges doing all three of those things. So, do you want a, a team? We say what you want to say about the Orioles. You got to again. You got to beat them. Like I'm the, not saying anything bad gotta, about the Orioles gotta, anymore. I'm saying it. Didn't they done that? You got to you got to beat them. So do you do you want that? If not, he pitches Sunday. Let's uh, let's take a break because Sean Casey's driving through a cornfield right now or some right. such thing. Sorry, past all that. Probably. 
think he left early. Unless he had a, got well, himself. Well, depends on how that night went. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that night. Yeah. I mean, what can you do in Dyersville? I'm sure there's a I'm sure. I mean, it's, it's, Go a, to the it's, a, lot, it's a lot of big leaguers yeah. in a little small area. So oh, you can yeah. figure some things that's, out. Yeah, that's got, sure. yeah, that's got serious damage potential written but They got over. enough money to, to figure I've it out. I've made that drive through Iowa, by the way. I've never been to Iowa. I'd love to go. I just cut through. We drove from, uh, just cut through it one time. We're driving from, uh, when we lived in Calgary, driving to Minneapolis, friends of ours in Minneapolis. And we were just, just kind of went through, because I hadn't gone through Iowa. And I've got this thing I like to go to. As, I like to go to as many, I like to say I've gone to as many states as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you know you were in it without somebody telling you you were in Iowa? Oh, well, no, I was using a map. I, I, yeah. Like there's so much corn there that you were like, I probably, I'm probably not. Dude, I grew up in Manitoba. All you got in Manitoba is flat fields and wheat. So I'm used to that. Huh. I'm used to, I'm used to driving through. Mm. Anyhow. Um, yeah. So he's driving, I guess he'd be driving back to Cincinnati, right? Does the mayor live in Cincinnati? No. Where does the mayor live? Pittsburgh. Okay. So the mayor's driving back to Pittsburgh from Iowa. He was part of the Field of Dreams game last night, the tremendous Field of Dreams game <laughs> last night. And uh, Sean Casey's going to join us. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 5. I just don't like the hologram thing. You don't dude, like anything. The dude is Tell dead. Us what, start the telling us what dead. you like. The dude is dead. Uh, it's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Ailish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I thought maybe the lead-in would be the Star Spangled Banner or something like that. The second segment. Tom Hamilton is the voice of the Guardians. Tom Hamilton joins us at 11.30. I have got tickets for an August 27th game between the Blue Jays and the franchise formerly known as the Los Angeles Angels. And we'll have back leg bits to end the show. DMs are open. Questions for Kevin Barker. Comments for Kevin Barker. Feel free. My Twitter handle is SN. I hate everything and everybody. At least it's not true. It's SN Jeff Blair. Sounds like it. So the Field of Dreams game was last night. Really? In case you, uh, in case you just woke up, or in case you just tuned on to the show, tuned into the show, the Field of Dreams game was on last night in Dyersville, Iowa, and um, and it was a, a good time was had by all. It was a great presentation as always. Uh, terrific start to the game with the national anthem. Loved the Ken Griffey Senior and Junior playing catch. Thought it was great. Brought a tear to my eye. Um, and then the game started. <clears throat> and then the game started. And the, the uniforms. Are, I mean, look, the whole, that environment is, is tremendous. I didn't, mind the, I didn't tremendous. mind the uniforms. The, oh, the, I love the, the, the uniforms. The uniforms are okay. I thought the uniforms are <clears throat> solid. I, did. I, did. I like those. <clears throat> could have done without the Nike swoosh the on two, it. I don't the think two. they had the Nike swoosh on it in 1913. I could be wrong, but. Don't hate Nike. I'm not hating well, on it. Well, you're Nike. trying to. No, I just mentioned this. The swoosh was a little off-putting. <laughs> Let's bring in uh, the mayor, Sean Casey, MLB what? network analyst, host of the mayor's office. By the way, by the way, Sean, by the way, congratulations, man. The podcast, 100 episodes. Wow. No, that's, yeah. 
That's a lot of talking, awesome. my friend. Congratulations on that. It's it's incredible. You know, first off, it's incredible hearing Barker talk with that southern twang. Toronto, You're welcome. Just one of, You're welcome. One of, the greatest, one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> hey, listen. We had Ben Mc. We had Ben McDonald on with him. We had Ben McDonald on with him the other day. Ben McDonald from you know from Louisiana. I had to provide translation. Great, so great. Yeah, him and Ben going back and forth with uh, them southern twags. Oh, what do you think of that guy's? What do you think of that guy's pitching right there? He just said, "Oh, fuck, domination." I tell you what, man, he was throwing some country heat there. Some old country hardball. I'll tell you what, dad gum. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, it's a good. Listen, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. Incredible. Um, Hundred episodes of the mayor's office. I remember when we first started. Like, if we can just get to ten, we'll be a success. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting on a hundred and uh you know i gotta get you on bark at some point you know I mean, we're gonna talk about backlight city and what well, it was like to wow. you know what i mean why would i come on now after you're making so much fun of me why, why you know? <laughs> nobody's making what? fun of yeah. you no we're not making, we're not making fun it was just it was like a cultural moment that sean and i were sharing <laughs> Hey, Bark, they say the highest form of flattery is imitation. Oh, problem. that's what there they say. Go. That's what they say. <laughs> oh, all of a sudden you got smarter. Oh, yeah. That's it. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, what, you're the best. So where are you now? Because you're driving. Are you in a cornfield? Are, are you, you driving through a cornfield? Or are you what? in an RV? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm driving back. I was in Iowa last night at Dyersville at the Field of Dreams game. That place is incredible. For any fan, especially in Toronto, that's listening, you got to go out there the next time they play that game. I mean, it's incredible, absolutely amazing. And, and coming out of the cornfields like Shoeless Joe was really cool. And seeing gr- that Griffey and Junior and Senior come out and throw catch to start the day, and Johnny Bench coming out of the cornfields with Lark Barry Larkin, it's incredible. It's just a cool, cool event. What a cool venue. Really be, cool venue. Be, be honest with me. You know, I know when you play, you were a punch and Judy guy. You know, you were letting the ball travel, slapping the ball to left field. You know, I'm, I I got to hit 300. I can't strike out. But if you were playing in that game, if you were playing in that game, tell me the truth. You wouldn't be trying fort bats to go in the corn. I'm Fort trying bet. to go to the – I'm going Kevin Barker post. Just back leg, <laughs> back leg, drop the elbow, launch angle, try and get it in the air, into the corn. I'm doing that four bats. And if it works, it works, trying to go into the downs every time. It really, you know, it's interesting uh, about the Field of Dreams game, all kidding aside and everything. But, you know, to create something, I was thinking about this yesterday, doing some reading on, on, you know, Dan Evans and the folks who've been involved in this, talking about creating this event. But when you think about it, you're in, you, you're trying to do something new that is based on tradition during a social media age, like there, there's, there isn't a lot in sports that's really new anymore that, right. you know, that becomes a hit. And somehow they've been able to turn this into a prime time on, you know, one of the largest networks in the United States. It, I mean, that really says, it, it really says something about the thought people put into this. No, it really does. You know, I saw Rob Manford yesterday and, you know, he, we were talking about, you know, the the birth of this idea a few years ago, and he, he was saying it just it really has turned out to be such an unbelievable event. I think the biggest thing when you look at it is that how amazing that that movie touched so many people. You yeah. know, I think the Field of Dreams movie, especially because baseball 
has always been really a father-son, you know, just a, mm-hmm. a, the connection between, you know, maybe, maybe playing catch. I mean, it doesn't have to be father-son. I mean, it could be your your daughter, your dad, or whatever. It's just I think it's that playing catch, baseball, Americana, uh, they, the national pastime. I mean, we were we were in uh, we start we stopped in Farley, Ohio, uh, in Iowa, Farley, Iowa, right before we went to Dyersville. I mean, this is small town America, really. I mean, I think, and I think that movie just touched so many people, and I think that's why this works. That's why it works when you come out here. You're like, oh man, like I grew up watching this movie, and it's a new generation of people watching it, and you know, it's just. It, I think that's a big reason why it's worked. Okay, stay me inside a player's mind. You know, it's sort of show and go. You, you know, you, you're showing up, you're playing the game, you're leaving after the game, you're going back to your city. How, how tough is that for a player? We're, we're so routine oriented. And that sort of yeah. throws you off mid-season out of your routine. Yeah. How hard is that for a player? Yeah, that's a great question, Bart. Because I talked to those guys, a lot of the guys yesterday, you know, about that. They're like, man, we, the, the Reds had gotten uh, held up in in uh, New York, and then you know they <laughs> flew in. It was show and go. It was just grip and rip. But it got there, uh, you know, they got into a you know makeshift clubhouse, and next you know they're taking batting practice, getting going. But I do think, you know. Mark, when you look back at your career and I look back at my career, you know, you're, you're, you look for those special games or those special moments, you know. I think this is one of those things. Oh. Oh. Phoenix at times could be there. Do you guys hear me? Yeah, you must have just went through a dead zone. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So yeah, no, through, it's good. Yeah, there's, a, there's an 18-wheeler next to me, guys. Let me see if I can, if I can hit the brakes a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, what is um, it carrying? Let me guess. You're in Iowa. It's probably carrying a bunch of pigs or chickens, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This yeah. isn't as easy. Listen, it's not as easy as being in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just I, I think that's a great point. Like those guys, I think they 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 also look at this game as as a great remember, uh, thing that they'll look back at their careers and go, that was that was worth the hassle. Uh, the Jays are going to be taking on the Guardians tonight in the first of uh, three games. The Guardians are on a roll right now. Their starting pitching has been really good. Uh, they won't have James Karinchuk, uh, one of their relievers, because of the vaccine restrictions. So I'm, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this, Sean. The Twins, Guardians, White Sox. How many of those teams make make the postseason? Do you think realistically? I think probably. I think the Guardians make it. Really, I just yeah, I just like their young team. I like the makeup, Terry Francona. You know what he does with that club. You know, I just feel like they play for him, man. They they you know they got a great young closer. You know, uh, uh, you know Jose Ramirez. They have one superstar on that team, but they have got a lot of guys that play hard, play the game the right way. I just feel like I feel like at the end of September you'll see the Guardians win mm-hmm. that. Case, you're, you're, you were a guy that was very good at making in-season adjustments, right? You, you know, if you were doing something wrong for long periods of time, you could correct that. How, t- how much tougher is that? And I want to sort of relate this to Bo Bichette. You know, he is, as a hitter, he's got everything you need. You know, when you talk about being a good hitter, he's got it all. Balance, bat speed, hand-eye coordination. But the what you shouldn't be swinging at all the time, sometimes you'll go outside the box. Is that a tough change or a tough adjustment this late in the season to make? Because when he gets a good pitch, you can tell he gets barreled to it. It goes where he wants it to go. But is that a tough thing to do just to say, oh, well, I, you need to do it, but can you actually do it this late in the season? Well, I think so too, Bark. Like, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things where you are what you are too. You know what I mean? Like Bo, Bo is, a, is a free swinger. He likes to, he likes to take rips and, 
you know, at times you're like, man, what's he swinging at? But other times you're like, hey, he just won the game for us. You know, so mm-hmm. I think it's – and I also think I also think the strike zone, it shrinks the old, you know, as you get more and more experience in the league. You know, you start to get better at really honing in on the pitches that you want. And, you know, I just think that, you know, Bo is still in the, in, in the early stages of his career finding out exactly who strike zone. But I would one thing I wouldn't do is take away his aggressiveness. I'd rather have him err on the side of being aggressive, taking some shots and going outside the zone, than being too careful with like, taking pitches he shouldn't take and getting getting defensive in situations where he should be. So you, so you oh, I think we uh, we may have we may have had a uh, is is Sean there? Sounded like there? Oh, there you are. Yeah. Sorry, must have been another eighteen wheeler. <laughs> Pigs or chickens? This one's got to be. This one's got to be chickens. Right? This one's got to be chickens. It's what Iowa. The heck? What the heck's going on here? Did you guys hear what I said? Because I had some good stuff there. I really dropped knowledge <laughs> on you guys. Yeah. No, we did about we about both. No, it, it 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 was really good. So you're you're a believer then that you. Uh, this is probably too simplistic, but do you think you swing your way out of a slump? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely, I definitely believe that. I believe that. I mean, you got to, you got to be able to. Nothing worse than when you're slumping and like either you stop, they they start giving you some days off or, or or whatever. I think you swing your way out of a slump. I don't think you take your way out of a slump. So, you know, you get hot. A swinging bat's a dangerous bat. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I believe that, you know, you saw Bo had a couple hits the other day and drove in a few, a couple bombs. And uh, I just believe you just got to keep swinging. Sean, it was really good of you to join us today. I know it was a late night and a long day, or a long day and a late, long night and late day, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it can be both. Not just for you, too. We can for be the both. old guy over here, too. <laughs> it can be both. We appreciate your time. Drive safely, my friend. You guys are the best. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. Be well. All right. All right. Sean Casey, MLB Network Analyst, host of the Mayor's Office, which is a very, 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 very fun podcast. It is. And unlike Sean, I'm not surprised that it's been around for 100 episodes because it's a terrific podcast. You'll notice he wants to get you on. Yeah, that's the first I've heard of that. Take you take you 100 episodes to, to call your buddy? I mean, I, you'll notice I, he's he wanted known me. He's known me for a long on. time. He only wanted you on. Not that that upsets me. Ah. Ah. I'm really having a day, aren't I? You're, 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 you're all, you're heading in the right direction. You cannot take your way out of a slump. I'm not sure about that. Or do you? I, 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 I'm not sure I agree. Who am I? No, because to disagree there, with Sean is, Case, there are people, who's a career 300 hitter. There are people who will say, you know Case, what? Walk. Case's approach was different though. Right. He, he would rather walk than strike out. He would rather ground out to shortstop then strike out. His approach is different than Bo's approach. Me, personally, this is just me. I think to get everything you possibly, as a fan of the Blue Jays, want to see from Bo Bichette, he's got to take a little bit more. That's just me. I've watched him enough. The kicking the leg to the ear, to think that you can cover all quadrants of outside the strike zone that he's trying to cover is virtually impossible. Again, I he's got bad speed, hand-eye coordination, balance. Yeah, when but he, you, you've stood but up there and tried to do it. Too. It is hard, it is very very hard to do because now you're seeing good pitchers entice him to try and go. They know they don't have to throw him a strike. So why would you? That's why do you see you think you see the catcher old school yeah. standing up trying to get them to throw it above the strikes because they know 
If you even look, and especially if there's runners on base and, and the pressure is on him to do something at the plate, now they even know more that he can sometimes make a pitcher that's not so good better because of what he's swinging at. So just me. This is just me. I think Case is right most of the time that you don't want that to happen. But you've seen, Jeff, when he gets a good pitch to hit, man, the ball comes off his barrel a lot better than it normally does. So that's just me. It's it's okay to take an early-in-the-count pitcher's pitch. That's the way I'll say it. That's the, that's the way I'll say it. It's okay to do that. That's a perfect way to say it. Because, because you, you know what you do when you do that, Jeff? You let that guy now mess up. Right. Now he'll, because what he does is when he's ahead in the count, he tries to be a little bit more fine with pitches. And now sometimes you hang one. And when you hang one, that thing's down the middle, boat can hammer that thing. But you got to allow him to do it. That's my point. It's, it's okay to take a, a OO down and away on the black, strike one. You still got two more. That's, that's the approach, I think. So maybe it's maybe I was saying it a little differently than, than most people could understand, but I, I think it's okay for him to take a pitcher's pitch early in the count until you get to two strikes to be able to allow a pitcher to screw up and throw you one down the middle. Yeah. There is a difference just so people are, are clear, when we're talking about taking pitches, we're not talking about going up and taking four bases you, on balls. You, You're taking pitches to get to a hit you can do damage if, if you, on. If, right? you look, if you look at his chase percentage, it's went down. Yes. But if you watch Bo Bichette's at-bats like we do, like I do, like friends that I have, like Casey does, it's that that number that's went down is is – not the entire story because of how his at-bats go. How if you would just take that real close when early in the count. Now, most pitchers, because of how hard they throw, how much they want to use secondary pitches, are not always going to make perfect pitches. But if you could take that perfect one and allow him to screw up and throw you the hanger or the cement mixer or the one down the middle, and that's the one that you can make your living off of. So for me, that that – down the stretch anyway, because he's going to come up with a lot of dudes on base. Let's be honest. Like, that's why they put him in the four, in the cleanup spot or they're hitting fifth is because now he's going to have traffic and the at-bats for him are going to mean more in uh, end of August and September because of where they're at, wh- what they're doing against good teams and how many good teams they're about to face. Are you surprised we asked Sean of those three teams in the Central, the Twins, the Guardians and the White Sox. How many of them would make, would make no, the playoffs? No, because he's, he play, picked, he's he played for Cleveland. their man. He's played for their manager. Oh, so that that's a lot. He knows and, how he knows how he can demand the room. And I think and we, be the grown up in the room. But I think we also agree that Terry Francona is one of those managers that can make a difference. I, I track think, record I would think, suggest he, he very, can make a I difference. I think he is very good because they do have a young team of not giving up on young players mm-hmm. and saying, okay, if he went over for four or three punches, I'm going to throw him back in the lineup tomorrow because yep. I got faith in him. That that will tell your player. I don't care what fans think or or organiz- my organizations think. It's about my player down the stretch, and I'm going to go as far as my players take me. So I agree with that part of it, but – I think they have a, a, a really good bullpen. I think they play good enough defense. I think they have an, a superstar in Ramirez. Uh, I think they have balance of their lineup. Quan all of a sudden is getting on base a ton and and scoring runs, and, and they play good outfield defense. So, again, it just gets back to teams in the American League. got beat them. Like, it's like the Orioles. 
you know, they're, they're most of the time not going to beat themselves. So you got to play really well. When an out comes, you got to make the out. When a guy messes up, and you got to can't miss that pitch. So, I, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, yeah, the, 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 with the Twinkies, you know, with, with who on their team is supposed to do as well, Correa and, and Buxton, load management's a thing down the stretch with those with that team. And I'm just not sure that they they, they play in a division that's friendly. There's almost some similarities between them and the Blue Jays in terms of their, sorta, in, in terms of your comfort level. Yeah, I guess, and we've the had the GM on this team, and he's actually came out and said that we know what division we play in. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, we're we're it, 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 well, it, he's honest. It's oh yeah, it's easier for us to give Byron Buxton days off because of the division we play yeah. in. We can still make up for that because we're not playing the teams that the Blue Jays play in the American League East. It's a thing. So yeah, I think it's a, you could toss those teams against the wall, and if you picked one of the two. You're okay with that, but I'm I'm sort of. I just don't see the, I, I, and I don't see I don't see the White Sox. This just there is there is an un there is something going on there. There's an untold or unwritten or unknown story going on with that team, and it's not just injuries. There's they just can't get out of their way. I think we had did we have Passon or was it Morosi on the other day, and they they just said the same thing. It's like it's you just look at this team and you go how. How are they where they are? Mm. They literally have almost everything, almost everything you'd want. Dylan Cease. It was injuries. It was weather at the beginning of the season. Uh, It was, you know, Lance Lynn wasn't there for long periods of time, which he's a big deal in that rotation. He's sort of like, you know, the Alec Manoa, the White Sox. So, and you know, middle of their order was missing for quite some time. Anderson now is going to be out because of the finger like the injury bug is a big deal with them, but I'm with you. I think behind the scenes too, you know, there's, there's, they got the wrong dude managing the team. I'll just say it. I mean, they really do. They got the wrong dude managing the team. Maybe. Uh, and that, boy, that's a window of opportunity that <clears throat> there are a lot of folks. I'll tell you what, there are a lot of people who'd love to manage that team. There are a lot of people who love to Maybe. manage that team. Shai Davides, our MLB insider at Sportsnet. He'll join us next. Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Guardians as well. It's Blair and Barker for a Friday. Can't wait for the weekend. Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.